when we have done more and more studies, what we're finding is that the serotonin, which is the hormone that contributes to well-being and happiness, um, 90% of it, the, the bulk of it is actually synthesized in the gut. So there's a huge component about how are we treating our, you know, our stomach, our gastrointestinal system, so that we have a good output of serotonin production that ultimately helps to influence also the hormones that are going on in our brain and those messaging systems and how we feel overall. You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class, lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being, and not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome back to Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard, and first off, I sound a bit congested <laughs> this week. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not COVID. We're good over here. Just, you know, ironically, we're talking about gut health this week on the show. And this past weekend, I was with some friends and kind of just like ate and drank whatever I wanted. It was a carefree weekend and my body immediately hated me for it. <laughs> so I came back with a good old cold. All the more reason to listen to the advice of our guest today, which I cannot wait for you to hear from. So I invited our guest, Dr. Danielle Voglerboss, on the show because both she and Dr. Cassie Wilder of Minneapolis Integrative Medicine Center have helped me so darn much. It's been, I can't even tell you. I'm so excited to, to kind of dive into this story. Dr. Cassie is actually the founder of the practice, um, and she just had her first baby. So she's on maternity leave, and I had the privilege of working with Dr. Danielle as well. And I just, I can't say good enough good things about these two. I had mentioned this, you know, a couple episodes back, but right around the start of COVID, around March-ish, I was experiencing, I mean, just like terrible digestion issues, anxiety. My skin issues had been going on for almost three years of like really terrible acne. And I had been trying to figure out the root cause of, of where this was coming from for about three years since my second daughter was born. And I tried so many things. You know, I tried all these different routes, um, but I always just felt super overwhelmed with supplements and diet changes. And I, I wasn't willing to go down a medication route just because I, it's just my philosophy to avoid that when at all possible. So, you know, I decided it was time to get some blood work done to really dive in. And like I said, I'd kind of gone down the more Eastern route, a little bit more, um, I don't know, woo-woo, if you will. But frankly, I didn't want to go all the way over to like traditional medicine, Western doctors. I didn't want to do meds. So this was kind of the 
best of both worlds, naturopathic medicine. I booked an appointment with Minneapolis Integrative Medicine. I sat down, I chatted with Dr. Cassie and she just sat and listened. And it was, I mean, it was like she actually cared. I mean, I know she did about what I was saying. Um, And she knew kind of right away what the issue was. Like she had an inkling and it was like, yeah, I think, I think it's candida. And, you know, looking at kind of the rashes and the things that I was experiencing, which is she did the blood panels and all the different tests to confirm it. And that's what it was. And if you're not familiar, um, candida, it's a yeast overgrowth in the stomach. It's pretty common, um, especially someone like me who likes a lot of sugar. (laughs) And it was just causing all sorts of terrible symptoms. So I was put on a pretty strict candida diet, which was basically like whole 30 without fruit. Um, And it really sucked. I mean, it was really hard, especially just as we were starting to be quarantined. But, you know, it worked. It really did. Within about six weeks, the symptoms were completely gone. And that yeast overgrowth was gone. My skin had cleared up. The rashes had gone away. And so now I'm still, you know, I'm working through a few things of like what foods trigger my stomach or make me clearly like immunocompromised. Um, but as, as Dr. Danielle talks about in the episode, it's so individualized and, you know, it's listening to what works in our body, something we should all be doing. So something that Dr. Danielle talks about today that really resonated with me that I I wanted to kind of hone in with listeners is that she talks about high quality food, whole foods, organic foods, and how that's an investment in our health and our well-being. And, you know, on this show, we're always talking about ways to self-care and take care of the whole self. And this is just as much a part of that journey as, you know, meditation, as a yoga class is, as an astrology reading is. The things that we put into our body directly affect how we show up in the world. So I'm just really grateful that Dr. Danielle breaks this all down in an accessible way. I love chatting with both her and Dr. Cassie because they're so smart and they're so full of knowledge, but they're not, you know, intimidating about it. Like when you go to that doctor and they make you feel dumb, this is not the case with these two. So just a little background, Dr. Danielle Vogler-Boss is a naturopathic doctor. She's registered and licensed in both Minnesota and Arizona. Her passion is educating and empowering her patients to take back their health, partnering with them to find the root cause of their struggles, and helping them feel better faster. She utilizes um, conventional conventional medicine and integrative treatment approaches for hormone optimization, thyroid concerns, adrenal fatigue, and gut health, which is how I found them. So one quick note is that the Zoom interview cut out for just a second when I asked her the very important question of what she eats. <laughs> and her answer, her first answer anyways, was smoothies, which is an excellent answer. And then it comes back in. So yeah, a quick plug before we get to our episode. If you haven't already heard, I'm doing a little giveaway for all the amazing listeners of this show. I'm so grateful for your support. To enter the giveaway, just leave a podcast rating and review on Apple Podcasts and then send me a screenshot of that review on Instagram. All entries will be um, given a chance to win a goodie basket from a former guest, Jewelweed, full of essential oils, mala beads, sacred cacao, crystals, and more. It's so fun, so cute, super easy to enter, and a fun treat that I will ship your way. So enter before August 5th to be considered, and then the winner will be announced on the 6th. And then finally, I'm so excited to be hosting my next workshop on August 6th. 
This is a digital couples date night. So I know many of you love yoga already because you listen to this show, but maybe you have a partner who's a little intimidated by it or they're just new to it. This will be the perfect night for you guys. This workshop will be a super low stress evening of the yoga basics. We'll do a simple flow. I'll give you some poses that you can do as a couple. We'll break down postures. We'll have some time for questions. And then I will leave you with a special flow that you can do together on a future date night. So tickets are just $25 per couple and you can learn more in my show notes or by visiting ashleysondergaard.com. Yeah, hope to see you there, my friends. All right, let's get to our interview. Thanks for tuning in. This is Dr. Danielle Vogler-Boss. Dr. Danielle, will you tell listeners just who you are, just a little bit about yourself, your work, your personal life, whatever it is you want to share? Yeah, for sure. So I'm a naturopathic doctor at Minneapolis Integrative Medicine Center here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, for those that don't know. And um, essentially, I don't know how much people know about naturopathic doctors. It is kind of a upcoming thing in different parts of the um, US, I would say. I'd say it's more popular on the coast for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But um, naturopathic medicine basically is where we address the root cause. So there's a lot of different principles in regards to it, but we really like to look at the body as a whole and not just one system. It is a medical school driven program and that's in addition to undergraduate. So I'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, basically I specialize in adrenal, gut, thyroid, and sex hormones for both men and women. And I really just wanna help optimize their health as you're moving forward into, you know, different age levels. And so that's, that's what I love to do. I love working in the hormones and, um, and making sure that you're your best version, making you feel good. It's, it's kind of nuts that like this, I don't know, maybe because now I'm in that stage of life where like hormones is something I actually pay attention to, but it, I, I think it's crazy that this isn't like common knowledge that your hormones can affect so much of your well-being, mental yeah. health. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so your body has like two major ways on how it talks to the different areas of the body. So your body uses neurotransmitters and it also uses hormones. And so hormones are part of that signal that touches every cell in your body. And so when people start to get like systemic symptoms of, you know, brain fog, fatigue, and, you know, it could be low sex drive and all this kind of stuff, it all kind of interrelates back to hormones. So that's why I love it so much. I feel like if you can help balance that, um, people start to feel really good. I mean, I can speak from experience and that when I started seeing you and Dr. Cassie back in April or like March, basically like right as COVID hit, I was like, here I am. I'm going to get better. (laughs) (laughs) And it's crazy to feel good again. I'm like, what? And I I mean, you guys were seeing some signs of PCOS. There was just some food issues, candida. There was a lot going on. And to get it under control has just like, oh my gosh, I'm so, so grateful. So will you share just like you talked about the schooling requirement that there's a lot. Why, if you know, this is sort of more niche, but it's becoming more popular. Why did you decide to go down this path and kind of what steps are required? 
Yeah, for sure. So why I decided to go that path was multiple factors, honestly. So um, I think the biggest one for me started off as growing up, I watched my mom suffer from migraines for years. I mean, like 20 plus years watching my mom suffer through them. Um, I can remember like when doctors made house calls and she would get like shots and stuff and um, just even high school, she got some exposure um, she used to work in a store and it had lots of mold and that was one of her triggering factors that they couldn't figure out for a while. Um, there's also like hormones and food sensitivities that played a role too. So there's so many different components that weren't addressed in the conventional system. Um, that she ended up finding out um, later on when she met with a naturopathic doctor and other holistic practitioners. So it, it was this process that we went through for many, many years. And then when she started doing more holistic practices, um, she had the best results. And I could really see that in her. And it just really like enlightened me in that whole process. And so I think that just like the culmination of everything just was like really, I guess, aligning me over time to be like, wow, I should do my research on what naturopathic medicine is. And upon my own research, I just really resonated with the principles, which was like treat the root cause, like deal with the whole body and really focus on like preventative measures through diet and lifestyle. So then you, you were at Gustavus for your undergrad and then did you go to med school somewhere else? Yeah. So, okay. So in regards to how you get into naturopathic medicine, so naturopathic medicine is medical school. So what that entails is I received my bachelor's in biology at Gustavus. So I really tailored my um, degree to be pre-medicine essentially and did all the prerequisites that would line up for medical school. So like, you know, biochemistry, um, the, all the sciences, physiology, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously keeping grades up and everything like that. <laughs> um, and then in the meantime, doing a lot of shadowing because also when you're applying for naturopathic medical school, you need to get recommendations by other doctors. They have to mm-hmm. write a letter referring you to that school. And that's where I decided to actually go to Arizona. It led me in that direction. And you do another four years of medical school. So that really aligns with what a, you know, our traditional allopathic doctor would get as well as four years. Mm-hmm. And we get, we do like cadavers, we do physiology, we do biochemistry, we get all the basic sciences that build upon science and um, reading journal articles and all that kind of stuff. And then um, in addition to that, which I really, really, really enjoyed, which is part of the, you know, the holistic piece is you get courses that are very designed for holistic practices. So um, botanicals, um, homeopathy, hydrotherapy, Mm. acupuncture, like physical medicine, diet, nutrition, all this stuff, um, which is really, really fun to do. And you kind of do those classes in addition to also getting hands-on. So we started early off learning how to do physical exams early on in our program. And then about like halfway you do, um, you get thrown into the clinic and you start working with real patients. So a lot of checkpoints along the way as well. A lot of exams, of course, and standardized patient exams. And then we also have two board exams as well. So we have our first board exam at the two year mark. And then we have the second board exam 
right after. So I hope that gives you a good understanding of like kind of <laughs> training you have to go through. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think too, it's like, it's a bummer that sometimes when you hear things like natural or, you know, like naturopathic people assume that there isn't as much training. And like, I think yeah. in, in, I mean, in the case of, of integrative medicine, it's just like the perfect balance. It's the best of all of the yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I think we we really have a lot of knowledge in what like the conventional system does, but then we also have this medicine that's been around for years, honestly, mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. that have gone back way before our time that have been really effective. Yeah. So you see, I mean, all you have a specialty, which you said is in is in hormones, and you you probably see a variety of different types of people, different things, but in general, like, is there sort of a common thing that you're seeing people for? Like what do, I know I how I got to you guys, but like what do a lot of people come into you for? Like symptom wise? Yeah. Yeah. Um, commonly I get fatigue. Fatigue is such a big one um, because people just feel so low energy. They just aren't able to go about like with their normal routines, like maybe when they were younger, maybe they're starting to slow down or whatever, or maybe even young people are coming in today feeling like I'm exhausted. What mm-hmm. do I do? Um, I also have a lot of people that are having digestive issues, um, anywhere for like irregular bowel movements, lots of bloating, lots of abdominal pain from certain foods, things like that. And then also, you know, in addition to the hormone piece, I have a lot of young women coming in for, um, you know, post birth control syndrome symptoms. So like irregular periods, PMS symptoms, and then women also in their later stages where they're becoming more menopausal and having those hot flashes and insomnia and things like that. But I think, um, in a more vague term I've noticed is that patients are coming in from years of years of like, you know, I call it abuse essentially in the terms mm-hmm. of like poor diet, poor lifestyle and like ignoring their, their body signals, you know? I, it's so, it's so interesting that you say that. And it is abuse, right? Like we don't, we put things into our body that, that are, that are so, uh, I mean, inflammatory and they cause all these issues. But I also think, I mean, I grew up in a really health conscious family. My dad's a chiropractor. Like we did all the things, but we also, you know, we're a product of the eighties. I don't know if you are, but I am. <laughs> Um, and like, you know, in the eighties, fat free was the way and things that we ate, like we thought we were being healthy. were just trash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how we learn over time. And I, I think that is such a component because, you know, you talk about the eighties. So like, even for like our parents, right? Like that was when box foods were coming out and it was such a great, amazing thing because it allowed women to go to work. It allowed mm-hmm. such freedom to come home and just like quick prepping and stuff. But I think we kind of have like this period now, time lapse, um, that we just noticed that a lot of those things that we thought was convenient is actually just hurting us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So we last in the month of June, we talked about the brain on yoga magic and just like all the magical things the brain does in July. We're talking about the physical practices. I know. And so you're kind of like the bridge. You're the bridge of both worlds to me. (laughs) And so I wanted to dive in just a little bit to the connection with the brain 
and the gut with the microbiome, the digestion, like all of that and how that impacts hormones, blood sugar, just like mood, all of the things. Um, Can you just give a general overview of like what the brain gut relationship is? Yeah, for sure. So we have our enteric nervous system that relies in our gut. And then we also have uh, our central nervous system that is like our brain and spinal cord, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, our brain actually contains a cranial nerve that innervates our gut, and that's called the vagus nerve. Um, In addition, a fun fact, um, so we're talking about the gut-brain relationship, and I don't know if you've ever heard of the gut being the second brain. Have you ever heard of that? I have, absolutely, yes. Yeah. So there's actually some notes that were mentioned where even if the vagus nerve was like cut, which we wouldn't want necessarily, right? That's not optimal, but they are showing that the enteric nervous system or the gut nervous system, even if that vagus nerve was cut, actually still has some action. It's still able to go about certain processes that are very important. Ultimately, that's not what we want, but it really shows how like important our digestive tract is in our body. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, um, there's that, like there is the connection between the gut and brain. And then, so we talk about how brain, so we always think about brain being like mood, right? So like depression, anxiety, and our overall, like anxiousness or well being, things like that. We always associate with the brain, but, um, when we have done more and more studies, what we're finding is that the serotonin, which is the hormone that contributes to well-being and happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, 90% of it, the, the bulk of it is actually synthesized in the gut. So there's a huge component about how are we treating our, you know, our stomach, our gastrointestinal system so that we have a good output of serotonin production that ultimately helps to influence also the hormones that are going on in our brain and those messaging systems and how we feel overall. So I guess, is it easy to really throw your gut health off? Like, I, I mean, are we going to eat like a brownie and then it's going downhill from there? You know, I think that it's something that does build up over time. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's becoming more and more prevalent on, I guess, the ease of disturbing the gut. Mm-hmm. because primarily it has to do with like quality of food that we're eating nowadays. Right. So like a lot of process, a lot of sugar, a lot of, um, you know, GMO, um, a lot of pesticide use on our vegetables and fruits. Um, there's a lot of chemicals that I were exposed to and, you know, you'll see studies where they're like, Oh, you know, in small doses of this, it shouldn't be bothersome. But what we're finding is like, people are getting so exposed to lots of different um, external factors that are just really affecting our microbiome and how it works and also like the intestinal permeability. So yeah, I think it's becoming more and more easy to disturb our gastrointestinal tract. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do too. I mean, uh, like as if we need more things to worry about. But luckily, I mean, it's not hard. Well, I shouldn't say that. It can be really expensive and it can be kind of challenging to cook for yourself. But at the end of the day, it, I mean, it comes down to what you put in your body. So like, what what do you suggest in terms of just really maintaining a healthy gut so that your overall health is is really great? Yeah. You know, I you mentioned the expensive piece and you know, honestly, I love to tell patients you're worth it. You're, you're worth 
paying a little bit more for mm-hmm. healthy food and diet, you're a hundred percent worth it. Um, think about it. You live in your body every single day. You don't, you don't get a new one. You don't get a replacement. You don't get to change it out for a new house or anything like that. You live in your body every day. And I think, um, putting a little bit more, you know, money or effort forward on diet can play a huge role. Isn't you're an investment, you know, you are your investment. And so I, I always like to put that out there in, reg- in regards to health, but I think I, I think I went off topic here. What, what was your, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. I think I like, I'm feeling motivated by this. Like you're, yeah. we are worth it. But um, my question was how, like, what do we do to maintain a healthy gut? I mean, yeah. really, how do we eat is my real question. Yeah, for sure. Big thing um, that I'm noticing is we need more variety in our diet. I know a lot of people get stuck to their routine habits and eating the same, same thing over and over. And so variety can actually be really good on our, on our digestive tract into our entire system, making sure that we have enough, you know, nutrients and phytochemicals that we get from plants. Um, so variety is a key one. Also swapping out process, swapping out, you know, box food for whole foods. Um, you don't have to get fancy with that. Um, you know, finding simplistic foods that come from the earth are really going to do your digestive tract a real favor because we want to be able to decrease inflammation. We want to make sure that we're feeding the, the microbiome, um, with proper nutrients so we can work, so it can work properly. And so those are some things, just being mindful process, reducing sugar, carbohydrates, eating clean. So, you know, washing off your fruits and vegetables, making sure Honestly, I, so there's a clean 15 and there's a dirty dozen. So that's a, a thing that you can look up for environmental working group, which is mm-hmm. really effective and easy. It helps people navigate, um, reduce pesticide exposure. But in general, if you're able to organic is probably going to be the best in reducing pesticide exposure, those chemicals that would be harmful to our system overall. So that's another area that you can, um, improve on. And then um, some other ones that are kind of not necessarily dietary related, but also are very helpful is making sure that your bowel movements are regular. So mm-hmm. I wrote a post not too long ago, I was told pooping is mandatory, okay? <laughs> if you aren't pooping at least once a day, I mean, it's such a silly thing, but if you can't poop once a day, you're really having waste and toxins just sit there in your body. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that. We want to be able to, to be able to eliminate those. And so making sure that that is on par and making sure that you're not having those sit around to cause more damage. Pooping is such a big thing. And then the last one is, um, exercise. Um, exercise is actually really important to the gut, um, because we're stimulating that vagus nerve that is connected between the brain and the gut. And, um, overall exercise is just, I mean, we could go on and on and on about like all the, um, the great benefits of it. I honestly don't even like to call it exercise. I like to call it movement. Me too. I love the word Um, movement. Our body was meant to move. This is why we stand upright. And, uh, I don't know if you've ever sat around for really too long and then got up and felt really stiff and, and more pain. Like we, we were just meant to move. And so movement also helps indirectly affect the digestive tract. It helps 
honestly with pooping as well, you know, getting that, that peristalsis movement downwards and, um, it helps to relax the body. So putting us more in a parasympathetic state, which is needed for healthy breakdown of foods. So we need to be in that, you know, um, relaxed mindset so we can rest and digest. Mm-hmm. This is so, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I yeah. I hope I provided some actionable, um, things that you can consider in regards to gut health. And it's funny because it, I mean, like in general, that's what we think is natural or rather a healthy lifestyle is eating whole foods, trying to eat organic, move your body, which is, mm-hmm. is often, you know, easier said than done, but mm-hmm. it's not, this isn't brain science and it's, mm-hmm. it's gut science, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's so, it makes such a big difference. What do you, I'm curious, Dr. Danielle, what's your like favorite go-to snack? I struggle with snacks. I need healthy ones and I, I get bored. Oh. So I am, okay, I'm such an apple girl. You can ask my mom. I think I've eaten apples like every day. And going back to variety, I'm, I'm shooting myself in the foot right now. But um, I love like apples with almond butter or almond or um, apples with like a little bit of cinnamon and a little um, honey. Like that is probably like one of my favorites. Um, I also like peppers and hummus. Mm, yeah. Great, great snack for me. Um, and then chocolate, um, I love dark chocolate. So I, when I'm telling patients um, to, you know, if you like chocolate, 70% or higher is actually a really healthy range and can actually be used, um, I, I quote unquote call it medicinally or whatever, but chocolate in 70% or higher has higher cacao. So that's a really healthy treat too, if you're kind of reducing the sugar and the other additives in it. So those would be my go-tos, I think. I love cacao. We had a guest a couple months ago, um, the the owner of Jewel Weed here, out here in Wayzata, Minnesota. It's a store. And she taught me about cacao, like raw cacao and why you would want, like there's cacao ceremonies and like having that yeah. as a special treat. And I am now yeah. so hooked on that. <laughs> yeah. I've never actually been part of a ceremony, but I do know a few of my fellow colleagues from school from FENM that know how to do that ceremony. I would love to be a part of that one day. I know. See how that all goes. Yeah. So, okay. My one follow-up question to the, sh- the fruit thing is sometimes yeah. when I, I read a lot or like when I'm being really conscious about healthy food, I get overly paranoid about sugar and, mm-hmm. and blood sugar specifically. And like, yeah. the, I mean, is fruit is, can fruit be bad? <laughs> so I don't like to say that fruit is bad. Honestly, this is the reason why I think that the sugar content in fruit is beneficial. Okay. So fruit, when in its full form actually already contains fiber and fiber when, when combined with sugar actually helps to reduce the insulin spike in that aspect. Mm-hmm. So not as much of a, as a effect as say, if you were to eat a candy bar that has sugar. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, Fruits provide a lot of antioxidants and um, like phytochemicals and things that you really can't get elsewhere. And our body needs that. Like it needs it for our immune system. It needs it for proper function. And so I really don't like to uh, necessarily reduce fruit when we're saying no sugar. Um, 
with that, there are some fruits that I would be more specific on if we're being mindful of, you know, our blood sugar. Say if you're diabetic or you have some insulin dysregulation and stuff, typically I say berries um, or green apples are a better option to go because um, some of the, you know, like bananas and some of the like um, what do you call it? Citrus, not necessarily citrus. What am I thinking here? Like tropical, tropical fruits. Mm, um, yeah. Like a mango or something. Yeah. Typically have a little bit more sugar content than say your blackberries, blueberries, strawberries, things like that. So we can get a little bit more specific, but I really don't like to cut fruit out of a diet unless say you're having a negative reaction, like a food allergy or sensitivity that's really bothersome. Or if we're you know, if we're dealing again with the insulin dysregulation piece, then we'll just be more mindful of like, how much quantity are you getting and what kind? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes me feel better because. And then juicing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then juicing. So like, if you think about juicing, people juice fruits and I actually really like the idea of juicing for some individuals. It's not the best for everyone because again, it's that whole piece of taking out the fiber. Right, I, right. Fiber's really going to help to absorb that sugar content at the same time. So not 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 necessarily bad thing. It's kind of individualized for where you're at in your health history. Mm-hmm. So then on the flip side, what kind of you talked about some of the good things. What are some of the things, the common things that we do or eat that really compromise our gut health? Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) As I go into a weekend and just stocked our beverage fridge. (laughs) I know alcohol, alcohol, alcohol alcohol does do that. Um, Yeah. There's just nowhere way around that one, honestly. (laughs) So, I mean, like you do just try to, I guess like if in a, in a perfect world, there'd be no alcohol, right? Is that true? (laughs) I think there's arguments on that. I think that uh, there's a lot of arguments where like no no alcohol and then there is the, the, the argument that like certain wines could like be a red wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, rule of thumb, I guess, is like, just don't overdo it. Like be mindful. <laughs> you know, honestly, that's what I tell a lot of people. Yeah. If you're drinking it like it's going out of style even if it's healthy like even if it was really really healthy that can turn into a bad thing and so um I would say alcohol is a big component for a handful of individuals out there also certain types of meats so I know like red meats and stuff that doesn't always work well for everyone Mm -hmm. and sometimes it can cause a lot of difficulty on the digestive system because let's like compare this to like fruit and vegetables, you know, like when you get an apple and you sit an apple on the counter for way too long, it starts to like break down. Mm -hmm. It has like its own enzymes to help break that down. And so when you eat those foods, they're easier on the stomach because there's already digestive enzymes that are helping to process that food. Now, now we go back and look at meats, right? Meats don't actually have a lot of the enzymes that fruits and vegetables do. So your digestive tract really has to, you know, do a lot of work to break that down, especially when people are eating tons of animal proteins. Not saying that it's necessarily a bad thing for everyone, but it's again, moderation is key. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I like to get like micro. <laughs> this. What do you, what do you eat in a regular day? Like what does a meal for you look like, like start to finish in your day? Make smoothies. And they're also, I also think that they're really, um, I can pack them with a lot of nutrient dense foods. So um, fruits, vegetables, like some protein powder, clean protein powder. That is, um, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll change it up and do flaxseed, chia seed, hemp seeds, or almond butter. I honestly, I've gotten to the point where I mix it up so regularly now, cause I'm, I'm comfortable making that. Um, so that would be my breakfast. I also start off my day with a lot of water. Mm-hmm. So I always talk about water being really, really important, flushing out toxins. And so I'm really consistent with waking up immediately, kind of going about my morning routine and drinking water at the same time. So I get about 20, anywhere from 20 to 50 ounces of water kind of right away in the morning. Cause again, I'm constantly speaking with people and don't always have the time to reach for the, my water bottle. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I start my daily routine. And then for lunch and dinner, um, lunch is often leftovers. Um, so I'm really mindful about like how I prepare my dinners. So dinners could be like, um, I like like a cob salad, like doing like a fresh cold salad and breaking up some like green beans and some peppers and onions and throwing some like, um, different types of beans in that. So I really mm-hmm. like doing that lentil soup. Um, I love fish. I love asparagus. I love cauliflower rice bowls. So I'll throw in some, you know, I'll, I actually make my own cauliflower rice. So I chop that all up and put some adamame in it and some seasoning and different, um, you know, onion and garlic and things like that. I really enjoy that. I'm trying to think what else to give you some examples. I really would consider my diet like plant-based. Like I do incorporate um, animal proteins into my diet, but I really um, am mindful of like, I don't really trend toward like pastas. I don't trend towards Mm. ready items. Um, I kind of don't, I kind of steer away from dairy products um, just because I've noticed like I have skin, um, I can get like itchier skin and things like eczema and stuff will pop up for me. I still like a good snack. I'll be honest. That's, you know, I like my chocolate. Yeah, that's great. Do you do yeah. coffee? I don't do coffee. Not a coffee drinker. Um, not a, I'm not big into the flavor. Um, I do love green tea. And mm, okay. yeah, green tea is like where it's at for me. Matcha. Mm-hmm. I love matcha. I make a yeah. matcha. <laughs> yeah. But I've gone to the point where I'm primarily just drinking water. Occasionally I'll have like, not so much right now because I don't have my juicer. My juicer is in Arizona, okay. <laughs> my husband, but I do like to juice as well on the side. Do you do, cu- um, is it cucumber juice that everyone was like all the rave about? No, celery. Cel- celery. celery. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't done straight celery. Um, I do do the mean green. That's probably pretty popular with people where it's like green apple, cucumber, celery, a little ginger, a little lemon. Um, Really love that as like a green juice. Oh, and I think kale or spinach. Maybe it's got both. And in the summer, I love doing watermelon strawberry combination. So refreshing. And you can actually turn that into really great popsicles. Hmm. Um, 
I will, I will make it, I'll take an ice tray and I'll take my juice of like the strawberry and watermelon and I'll put that in the tray and put little toothpicks in them and they, they become refreshing little popsicles. Oh my gosh. My kids would love that. That's such yeah, a good idea. Give it a try. It's actually a really great alternative to, you know, ICs. Like store-bought ones. Yeah. I love that. I just remembered, I didn't, I didn't tell you this yet, that the last time we had our like check-in follow-up visit, I, you told me to do cold showers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've been doing them and I've been like recommending them to everybody. I Yay, love it. I love that. That's so great. It's weird that you can like enjoy a cold shower, but it just feels really like invigorating. It can be. It really can be. Um, you, you know, you prep your body to prepare for the cold by getting warm, get to the mm-hmm. point where you're, you know, you feel really warm and then you flash and cold and it actually feels really good. And I, you, I think you, I think you get used to it the more that you do it and it becomes more invigorating as you do it. I mean, I, I, I can say it's a, maybe a little more challenging here in Minnesota in the dead of winter, but <laughs> do it now and you'll get used to it. Yeah. I'm noticing I can go a little longer each time. Yeah. And, and, and to speak of that, that actually really helps with uh, the digestive tract as well for going back to that piece. Okay. In what way? So if you think about it, warm water, um, when you are hot, you vasodilate. So your arteries expand and bring blood flow to the surface. That's why you kind of get red in nature when you're really warm, like out in the sun and stuff. Um, So warm water brings about the vasodilation aspect. And then when you do cold bursts, Um, that causes your, you know, blood vessels to actually, you know, tighten or constrict. And that's where, you know, you start to notice when you're cold, you get a little pale color. It brings the blood to the core. So if you are able to rotate, you're actually moving that blood system, um, you know, in and out. And that really helps to support the digestive tract as well, because, um, you need a lot of blood flow to the digestive region. So hmm. there's actually some more specific, it's called hydrotherapy. There's some more um, procedures that I learned in school that we do it more localized if you want it more in the digestive region where you change out the towels to be hot and cold in a certain process. And it can be really, really effective. Huh. I never knew about that. Interesting. Yeah. It's called constitutional hydrotherapy. Okay. Looking that up next. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, this was so helpful, Dr. Ninya. I love, I could talk about this stuff for hours. Like I'm sure you probably could too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, before you go, will you just tell listeners where you can find, where they can find you about the practice, which I just highly recommend if you're here in the Twin Cities or you guys do virtual stuff too, right? Yeah, we are doing virtual um, appointments and phone consultations as well right now. So definitely if you're, you know, wanting to, to take advantage of that, do it. That's, that's a great way to do it right now. So where can, um, what's your Instagram handle, your website, you and the practice probably too. Yeah, for sure. So, um, my personal Instagram for my personal page is dr.danielle.nd. Um, so I'm on there and if you click the link in the bio, it'll actually, um, you can click on like how to, schedule an appointment with me or find more about me. You can find those things in the, in the link. Otherwise, um, Minneapolis integrative medicine center in Minneapolis, Minnesota is, um, the practice that I'm working at and you can find me online. 
um, for that piece as well. Awesome. And hopefully I'll, Dr. Um, Cassie, who you work with is, she just had a babe. Um, so yeah. she's doing well if she listens to this, I hope that she's doing so well and yeah. hopefully we'll have her on too in the future. Yeah. She's doing so, so well, baby boy. That's great. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Dr. Danielle. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me on here. I really enjoyed it. And I really just wish you the best and like your podcast and everything. That's great. Thank you. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Reminder, if you have a chance, leave a rating and a review to be entered in the drawing for a wellness goodie basket. Screenshot that review before August 5th and send it my way. Thank you so much, everyone. I'll see you next week. 